Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Eight minutes after the hour on a special Saturday morning, the 4th of December. Good morning. I'm so glad you're here. Ashley Frasca hosting Green and Growing. And it's been a while, but I am here with you until 9 o'clock this morning. So we have a full show. But you better believe we still have your Georgia Bulldogs, too. We are your home of the dogs. And today is a huge day. The SEC Championship in Atlanta right here. So we're the home team. Go Bullfrogs, right? (laughs) Producer Shaney B is cheering on the Bulldogs all the way. He's going to be listening to the radio station at least until 10 o'clock tonight, for sure. At least. At least. 1030, 10.20. I mean, what do you got? Or Georgia Bulldogs. All day coverage. That's right. So, I mean, I'm going to be talking gardening, of course, but how can I not talk football? It's a big day. You're going to have to. I'm going to have to. I'm talking about it right now. (laughs) Now, they're not, let's see, they're playing in Atlanta. Yeah. I I would love for you to do something about hedges, even though it's not, they're not really playing between the hedges. Yeah, but still, there's a lot of history there. I'm trying to think of all kinds of um, ways you can tie in green and growing. Growing cotton and making their uniforms. Oh, uh, look at you. <laughs> You're on to something. You know, that's why we host this this here show. Right here. Well, it's so glad for glad for you to pass through, Shaney B. And I know you're going to be right here with us all day. All day long. You can't get rid of me. The biggest college football fan I know. Shaney B, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Go sports team. <laughs> I love it. Just wear the right color red today. That's my advice. Yogurt or navy blue. Whatever. Uh, well, oops. <laughs> Hey, you're wearing red and black headphones. I don't even know if that was, that was uh, on intentional. Purpose. Mm-hmm. It was? Totally intentional. Yeah. And That's then Ann's got a Bulldogs t-shirt on. I've got my Bulldogs sweatshirt I mean, you're on. The, out of all the people in this here uh, studio, yeah. you're the one UGA grad. I'm decked out 2005. Check and that's you out. funny you brought that up because I worked for the Athletic Association my last two years of college. So I got to cover every sport at the University of Georgia. I worked for the behind the scenes like georgiadogs.com. And we had a subscription service there at the time that was new. So we were new into video and doing interviews and sharing online content. That's right. I remember you telling me. You yeah, did it was G Extra back then. I think it's changed names since then. But so that was this, you know, this new project at the time. So I was there when the Bulldogs won the SEC championship against LSU under Coach Richt in 2005. I was on the sidelines. I was working the game. We defeated the LSU Tigers 34 to 14. And Shaney B, do I or do I not have my pins from? the 2005 <laughs> SEC championship game, and then the Sugar Bowl, you which do, was do. a few weeks later at the Georgia Dome as well. You've got all of your flair. I think it's good luck. Right there. 
Yeah. Oh, Flair. Gosh, that makes me think of that movie. Yeah, that, yeah. Office Space. Uh, was that, is that what it was? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you have any um, sports superstitions? You know, I don't really. Um, there there have been a couple of seasons towards the end of Coach Rick's tenure where I knew that if I wore a particular shirt and we won that Saturday, I would wear it again the following Saturday. But I didn't even do that through the whole season because I, I figured I was flattering myself too much in figuring that my wardrobe affected an entire team. <laughs> well, okay. Can I brag on you sure. real quick? I, oh, I have no idea. I'm, I'm trying to look at the clock here. Okay. So... Uh, for for our green and growing listeners, Ashley Frasca um, puts together our UGA promos, the ones that have all of the WSB talk hosts yes. featured in them. And um, I am convinced that because of your promos Ooh. that the Bulldogs have had an undefeated season. I like that. I, I mean, That's a superstition they, I can get on board with. They, you need, <laughs> we should make, we should have you make a promo. Just one more. Just one more. Just one Eek more. Eek it in today before four o'clock. And then the, uh, the Bulldogs owe you a parade. Oh my gosh, that would be fabulous. <laughs> Everybody would be invited. It would be bigger than the Braves World. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it would maybe be a fraction of the size of the Braves World Series parade. No, and I enjoy that. And Shane, the, the cool thing about the sound of those 30-second promos that we do promoting, you know, coming up this Saturday, but between the hedges, it's Georgia and Arkansas, whatever, is that we get all the hosts in the same room and line them up at microphones just like you and I are now. So Eric Von Hessler reads his part, and then Scott Slade immediately reads his part, followed by Mark Aram. It's fabulous for all the hosts to get together in one room and really make those promos crisp. Because that's exactly how it happens. I know. Wink, it's amazing. Wink, yeah. Wink. Everyone's on the same <laughs> schedule and the same clock and we get it done. And we- then you get to pick like good like pump up songs, you know, to to put underneath those thirty seconds. And I found some good ones. It has been you know, I'm not a big sports buff myself, but it has been so exciting just to see the excitement between the Braves yeah. and the Bulldogs. And it's it's so great to have this kind of excitement and people, um, you know, sports is a great form of escapism. Isn't it? It gets you away from the news and you, we stop thinking about COVID for a minute and just all of the all the stuff that's going on and it's just so great to have something that we can all rally together and cheer on it's really been fun it's been a really good relief and so we figured you know the atlanta united unfortunately dropped off a couple of weeks ago the hawks are just getting started but this was funny talking about atlanta sports teams because you had hope for the falcons too you really did every year you have hope for the falcons and of course the buccaneers and tom brady are coming into town tomorrow and Tom Brady was quoted earlier this week as saying, the Falcons are a good team and they're a very competitive team. And I thought, oh, he's so sweet. Because this year's just been a little tough. It hasn't been the Falcons' worst year by any means. But one of my friends, David, said, translation, what Tom Brady is really saying is, I have fond memories of my time playing against the Falcons and I wish I could play against them more frequently. <laughs> so yeah, we we won't bring up that uh, Super Bowl loss against the Patriots yeah. where Tom Brady My translation to of that would have been uh, <laughs> pat, pat, pat on the yeah. head and aren't you cute, bless your heart. Right. So I mean, the Falcons <laughs> still have a winning season, but this has certainly been uh, the Atlanta Braves year. I mean, from where they were in the middle of the season to making that turnaround, signing a lot of new players, and now the Bulldogs. I, I say it's their season. It ain't over till it's over. But holding the, the number one position for seven or eight weeks in a row is a fantastic tribute to the senior class, to the recruiting class that Kirby's brought on. Just a fantastic group of young men. My attitude is no matter what, 
I am so happy with these guys, and yeah. I'm happy for them. Oh, yeah. I think and we'll all be happy. Even if we don't get a national championship, how can you be dissing the season in any way? I don't know. I'm feeling good. Oh, yeah. Oh, me too. For I'm sure. feeling good. I brought my good luck mask. <laughs> that is. That, yes. That's the most genuine mask I've ever seen. It's. I mean, this is serious. I think it's good luck between your mask and my flair. I think we're on to something today. And your promos. I I mean, there's just there's just no way they can lose. It's great. So then talk about uh, programming today is a little bit different. I, I mentioned to folks, you know, I do get a full show today. I'm here with them until 9 o'clock, 404-872-0750. And then we have Mark Aram out on location, which is pretty special this morning. Yes, we do. The College Football Hall of Fame. And he'll be broadcasting live. I, I like to call it the pregame pregame. Yes, it is. And uh, so he'll be on live from 9 to noon. And then, of course, our pregame coverage starts at noon Mm -hmm. and kick off at four. So Mark Aram will also be taking calls for folks who want to weigh in. That's going to be more sports oriented, of course, than my show. I'm taking garden calls, of course. But for anybody who has thoughts or, you know, superstitions or anything, if they're in the madness and the melee in downtown during nine to noon, you know, I'm sure Mark Aram would love to hear from you. And know what's going on, but the College Football Hall of Fame, what a fantastic venue for us to snag. Have you have you been? I have not, but I will tell you, and I will bla- brag a little bit on Arthur Blank and, and the Home Depot Corporation. Um, over the summer sometime, we spent a good hundred bucks just like that at Home Depot, the husband and I doing stuff around the house, getting the yard ready and whatever. And then I saw this tiny little sign at the service desk that says, if you have a receipt... And you've spent a hundred bucks between this date and this date. Mail it in to the College Football Hall of Fame, and just for that little while, they were giving away two free tickets with your Home Depot receipt that you you know shows you had spent a hundred dollars in that time frame. So I sent my little receipt away, and I just got my two free tickets to the Hall of Fame. What a day to use them if we were to use them today. Well, uh, hmm. well, well, well. I know. I really want to go. It's a fantastic. Place. I haven't been. Shelly Winter um, says that place is just so cool. Yeah. And uh, he, he's like, wow, that's a great place to do a, a pregame, pregame With Mark broadcast. Aram and the Bananas. I mean, what a fantastic venue, yeah. But do be mindful. You know, our traffic team is here for you all day, all morning and all day. Traffic is going to be a nightmare through the city. We know this. Everyone coming over from Tuscaloosa and other points west. And, of course, you know, making the trek in from Athens and eastern suburbs as well. Everyone packing into downtown Atlanta. So And it's a day that ends with Y. So yeah. So can, welcome to Atlanta, right? But, I mean, really promoting Uber or Marta or anything like that. Just make it easy on yourself. Don't stress. Park somewhere that your car is safe and hitch a ride. And we're supposed to have great weather today, so... Go early. Just go enjoy the day down there. Amen. Have a good time. I'm so glad you popped on. This is a once in a lifetime thing right I here. Know. I have Shaney B on Green and Growing. I, we'll have to do awesome. this more often. I'll have to get you up early on a Saturday. Uh, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to be with you. Thank you, Shane. Uh, All I'm right. going to get out of here and let you talk about some green and growing stuff. I love it because I do. I want to talk about house plants. It's a fine time of year to be talking about that. And things that you've got in the kitchen. You could actually make in a nice centerpiece, as I know you're intrigued. Plus, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. 95.5 WSB. Atlantis News and Talk. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB. And we're on. 95.5 WSB. Atlantis News and Talk. Here's Ashley. 
Thank you, Scott. The update on your weekend weather, because you're all dying to know what this first weekend in December is going to be like. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. Partly cloudy today, but as Shaney B mentioned, the weather's going to be absolutely beautiful to be out and about downtown Atlanta. Any kind of holiday festivities, football festivities. I have around 71, a slight breeze, more uh, showers and clouds move in tomorrow. Rain chance increasing to about 30% high of around 67 and low around 56. And then we're going to start seeing those cold temperatures again come in with some rain as early as Monday. Green and Growing Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, one thing all of us gardeners hate is chickweed. So right now you can spot spray or dig out those patches of chickweed, violets, and wild onions growing in the lawn. Large patches of this winter annual weed are easy to see in fescue lawns. Now, the light green leaves and the tiny white flowers, they kind of stand out and contrast vividly to the darker green of fescue turf. And so a light spot spraying with a broadleaf weed killer, something like Weed Be Gone or the season-long weed control, Weed Beater Ultra, that kills chickweed without harming the fescue lawn around it. Number two, inspect your fruit trees right now. Be sure to remove any just rotten, molded, remaining fruit that may be hanging onto the limb or, of course, that's underneath the tree. Rake up and dispose of any old leaves and branches that could harbor diseases over the winter. That's just good management practices to keep everything in check and disease-free. And number three, plant herbs in time for holiday use. You need a very sunny window, an average south-facing window that should probably provide enough adequate light for most herbs. You do tarragon, chives, oregano, and rosemary. A lot of folks uh, prefer growing basil as well. In Italy, there's an old legend that a woman who wants to be understood should wear a sprig of basil in her hair. Hmm. So if I walked around today and this week at home with a sprig of basil in my hair, I don't I don't know if that would be effective or not. So before the break, I mentioned some things that you have in the kitchen that you could turn into interesting centerpieces. I have the Woman's Day Book of Houseplants book from 1963. I went through a lot of my mom's old houseplant books, and it's just funny how, you know, people may do with what they had. Um, For example, the ferns on the top of a carrot, when you put that in a very shallow bowl, In a week or two, the feathery fern-like foliage emerges up and down, greenery that shows until all of it conceals that uh, the beginning of the fat orange carrot shape, but you're probably not going to leave it that long. Uh, A sweet potato, of course, you can start that with the toothpicks in the side, and it's going to take a little bit to get started, but having that beautiful lime green vine from a sweet potato, uh, the top of a pineapple, we've all been there, slice off the top of a fresh pineapple, plant it in maybe just one inch deep soil. And then that'll start to be its own pineapple and a beautiful plant. It gets very large, though. You need a big pot for that. And also chives, the chive plant in a window garden that contributes to having that flavor, growing what you're going to use in soups and salads, even scrambled eggs, baked potato, anything like that. And there was something interesting here they said to do with eggshells. Get a head start on Easter in midwinter. You can dye the eggs with uh, nice spring colors as you're thinking ahead. Crack it evenly into two parts, the top and the bottom of the shell, fill each half shell with garden soil and plant maybe a petunia seed or something like that. And you're going to have little baby pots. That's amazing. So interesting stuff from 1962-1963. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, speaking of chickweed, we're going to be talking weed control with the Georgia gardener himself, Walter Reeves. Stay tuned. You're listening to 95.5 WSB.
It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey, back at it until 9 o'clock this morning. Good morning, it's Ashley Frasca. It's Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. We'll get right back to your calls. 404-872-0750. But I reserve this part of the show every Saturday for our friend Walter Reeves. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru, Walter Reeves. It's like if you walked into a restaurant, there's a nice white reserved card on the table, and it's just for you. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> this for me, just for our listeners, one or the other. Right. Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? Very are you? good. Thank you for coming back and sharing your knowledge. Yeah. We had a great conversation about the weather and the frost. So obviously temperature change and season change, Walter, yeah. is on our mind. We were talking about the chemical makeup of of things and why actually fall was a good time to tackle some of the invasives like privet and oh, yeah. kudzu and ivy uh, for whatever reasons with these chemicals like brush be gone or brush killer or whatever they work and are more effective uh, for these plants to take in in the fall and you know after manual removal this is a good option to kind of knock them back a little bit it can be associated with the color change in trees leaves now too you know that the way the reason for tree leaves to change color is they have green chlorophyll on for almost all of the year but on the trees that's green chlorophyll is what we see green leaves then when fall comes and the tree gets signals to to change and to drop its leaves the first thing it does is to move the chlorophyll back into the tree trunk into the roots leaving the red anthocyanins and yellow carotenoids and the other pigments that were hidden by green during the summer. What that tells us, too, is the tree, if there's any chemicals on the leaf of the tree, they would be drawn back just like the chlorophyll was. We don't want to kill trees, but we sure would like to kill privet. And privet hedge, if you put these weeds on, you mentioned weed be gone, weed killer, brush killer, things like that. If you use it now, you'll get much better control than using it in the summertime. Now, we want the leaves to be dry, you know, when you apply something like that. Does it have to be in the sunshine? Does that accelerate the process at all or not really? A smidge, it doesn't really matter. Hmm. I said, what matters is get it on the plant, the tree, the, for the, the shade of the sun is um, shining on the leaves. It's not going to matter that much about absorption. So what kind of weeds are we tackling right now? What are we thinking about in terms of lawn weeds that we don't want? Broadleaf weeds. If you use a, a selective weed control like Weed Be Gone, you can kill dandelions, any chickweed sprouts that are coming up. And by the way, they're coming up in my lawn right now. Uh, other broadleaf things can be taken out of the grass now before they even mature, before they even have a chance to mature. So broadleaf weeds are what we're looking to control in the fall. You've been doing this for 30 years, and you have some great references and resources that you've always used. And over time, I'm sure you have almost every weed identified and memorized. But whether it's a book or whether it's somewhere online, what are some of your really good go-to resources, Walter, for weed identification, especially the common ones here in Georgia? Yeah, over the years, on my own website, WalterReeves.com, I have collected pictures of weeds just to sort of remind myself what they are. And on the search line, you put weeds with pictures, those three words, weeds with pictures on my search line on my website. It'll take you to a page that'll have all these different references of pictures of weeds. Pinterest, too, if you had a Pinterest account. Do you have a Pinterest account, Ashley? Gosh, that's one that I don't have, no. But I'm sure it has some good resources. 
Well, I just go, you're going to miss Walter Reed's Pinterest account, which tells oh, about wow. how to control weeds. I got pictures there of individual weeds and a link to how to control them. So I figured, why not put on Pinterest too? So that you could look there for pictures of weeds. There you go. And I love, like you said on your website, WalterReeves.com, I found some really helpful when people are comparing weeds that look similar, you yeah. know, and they get them confused, yeah. but they're different. One of the best pictures I remember you posted, it was three weeds that if you're just looking in the yard, they look the same, but you posted all three side yeah. by side by side. And it's like, oh, they really are different. I think it was like Creeping Charlie, Dollar Weed, and Dichondra and how similar they are, but really side by side, how different they are. They sure are. If you identify the enemy, let's say, if you identify the thing you're trying to you control, if you know what you have, it's so much easier to decide what to do about it, whether it's just something you can pull up and not worry about, or whether it's something that will take the spring to get rid of. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Weed control now, we did discuss, uh, not too late to put it pre-emergent down. As we said, better late than right. never. you got to water that in as well or put it down right before maybe a, a light rain, you know, not something that's right, going right. to pour and... and move everything into the sidewalk and run off into the gutters and all of that kind of thing. But broadleaf, post-emergent sprays and things like that, we could still be kicking around the yard using those things if necessary. Or kicking around a pasture or something. You have kudzu at the edge of the woods. You have blackberry vines you want to get under control. Or in English ivy on your own property. If you have English ivy, there'd be good times to spray English ivy to keep it from, from spreading and going any further. Speaking of English ivy, I had an article let's see, a couple weeks ago now about a guy who said, I have cut every darn vine of English ivy on my big tree, <laughs> and they're still green. Uh, and he said, is it possible for English ivy to root into the bark of a tree and oh. live there and not be connected to the ground? Hmm. And I said, my friend, eventually it will happen. Really? They may live a long time, and then they'll you know, weeks, sometimes months after you cut the, cut the main stem of the English ivy. The rootlets that they have that connected to the tree, they collect moisture sometimes. The English ivy will use that moisture to live. But the English ivy eventually is going to die. And I said, you better believe it. It will die. It just won't die quickly. I've got a huge patch of it now that has grown exponentially over the 10 years we've been yeah. in the house. And now on the opposite side of the house where there is no English ivy and there's another house and a fence, I see tiny little new sprouts. I mean, just like... One over here, one over there of English ivy. So that stuff's being transferred somehow. I pulled that out. Where, I mean, like, where, I almost, where do those come from? Actually, here's the question. Where do those little bitty sprouts come from? I love our bird friends, our feathered friends, but that's yeah, what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You're absolutely right. Uh, Have you ever seen English ivy flowers or English ivy berries in the, in the vines? Yes, the the vines on the left side of my house have definitely gone to flower before, almost like white firework looking flowers, and it's oh, very look at pretty. You. you have seen them. Um, yeah, it's very pretty, but but oh, that's the only time it's pretty. <laughs> A lot of folks have not seen English ivy flowers because it usually happens way up in the vine. It should be at least twenty feet above ground, where it has enough maturity and enough sunshine and enough verticality of the vine. To start flowering, but then when it flowers, then it can make the berries. And as you say, then enough birds come around and think, "Oh, actually, it's so nice to us. You give us berries to eat, and they poof them out, and then you have English ivy sprouts on the other side of your house." You know what? I have a picture from September of last year of the flowers on English ivy. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to post that on Facebook for people that are like, "What are they talking about? I've never seen that flower." I'm going to do that. 
you'd have to be 20 feet tall to do it, but you could. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely pointing the camera in the upward uh, yeah. upward direction. <laughs> I am I am only 5'4", so. <laughs> All right, find him, folks, at WalterReeves.com. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. All right, time for an update on your weather, sponsored by Finley Roofing. Today, partly cloudy, but it's going to be beautiful, sunny, warm, and maybe a little breezy, but a high of around 71. So as you cheer for the dogs, you just need a T-shirt. A short sleeve shirt will do. Tomorrow, some clouds and showers may move in. Rain chance up to 30% a high around 67, low around 56, so not much fluctuation in the temperature tomorrow. And then scattered showers come in on Monday, and you start the week off wet, and temperatures are going to cool back down. Probably the area that has been the most interesting to develop was the area... All right, up next, we're going to do the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, so this is a weekend. I know you've got your live Christmas tree, maybe some garlands, maybe some wreaths, poinsettias, which we're going to talk to Pike Nursery about here toward the end of the show. But plant herbs. Do that in time for holiday use, or what a good gift if you can go to the nursery and kind of collect a, you know, a, a little gift package for somebody. Get them all the pots they need and the soil and the herbs that they might have fun growing. Just a sunny window, something that's south-facing is going to provide enough adequate light. Tarragon, chives, oregano, rosemary, just to name a few. Number two, inspect your fruit trees now. Be sure to remove any molded fruit or rotted fruit that's just laying at the base of the tree. Rake up and dispose of any old leaves or branches that may have fallen because those are going to do nothing but harbor disease over the wintertime. And number three, spot spray or dig out chickweed, violets, and wild onions. Large patches of this winter annual weed. Easy to see in fescue lawns. Now the light green leaves and the tiny white flowers of that pest, they contrast vividly to the darker green color of the fescue lawn. So a light spot spray with a broadleaf weed killer. That's what you need for chickweed. Uh, Weed be gone. Weed beater ultra. Read the label. It's going to tell you it's good for chickweed. That kills it without harming the fescue around it. 404-872-0750 is the number to get into green and growing. And I'm excited about an interview coming up at 7 a.m. A local family is going to be up early to join us. Back in the day, you know, you got college scholarships for good grades. I got one for even a pageant or two. Some students get them for excellence in athletics. But how about a scholarship for growing cabbage? A young Cherokee County girl won and learned a lot from participating in the Bonnie Plants third grade cabbage program. So Addie is going to join us with her parents at 7 o'clock. What a fun story. And who doesn't love kids gardening. So stay tuned for that in the next hour. But, you know, I've been around a lot of listeners this week. It's been a really fabulous week, and I'm so appreciative of all the encouragement um, that I've received from different listeners. I was at an Eric Erickson event in Canton on Thursday night, met up with some folks during our uh, triple team traffic food drive at the Publix in Alpharetta earlier this week, and just a lot of folks really encouraging. And I love going out to meet gardeners, too, and people that are doing really good things with gardening. So recently, 
I caught up with Oakland Cemetery's Director of Gardens, Sarah Henderson. And a gardener's work is never done. We know this, or else I wouldn't have a show in the wintertime. I mean, if there weren't things to be doing. So there always is. So here's some of the improvements that they're making to Oakland Cemetery. Really a fantastic place to visit 365 days out of the year. No matter the season, there's always something to admire in the gardens there. Probably the area that has been the most interesting to develop was the area around the grave of Bobby Jones, the golfer. And the reason for that is we are a historic site. We're on the National Register. And he is a modern man buried in a historic cemetery because we are still, of course, an active cemetery. And so we decided to use Fruitlands Nursery in Augusta as the foundation for our thoughts and plans for that area because Fruitlands was a nursery in the Victorian era. It shipped worldwide. It was very prominent and they had a very wide assortment of plants. And when they closed, it ultimately was what became Augusta National Golf Course. He was the one who chose it and who brought in the Berkman brothers to help with the plant so that some of the plants could be saved on Augusta National. So it's a wonderful tie-in there, but it's been really wonderful to not only find some of these old plants, but to do the research necessary to figure out what they were called back in the 1900, 1910 era, because the botanists have changed the names sometimes to the point that it was really a little detective work to figure out what it was. So that's probably been the most intriguing and what we're the most excited about now is the African-American section. We are delighted to be able to have the funding now to be working in there to try to bring it up to the level that it ought to be. And so we've been really excited. We'll be doing a lot of planting this winter in that area. And it's just been exciting to be able to make that area look more like it deserves to look. And honestly, I'm embarrassed as a native Atlantan that this past fall, just a month or two ago, is the first time I'd ever been to Oakland Cemetery. And producer Brent, you used to live across the street from such a fabulous gem in the city. I lived in Grand Park for 10, 15 years, and I would take advantage of that cemetery all the time. Go running in there. There's always events and things to do. So great place to spend your day. And there's gardens. I mean, there's something different every direction you look. And it's so lively. You'd mm-hmm. think a cemetery is not going to have that kind of lively plants and stuff like that, but they keep it very active, and it's just a great place to spend time. It really is, and I'm so happy to hear Sarah say, you know, maybe a little bit of downtime, some restorative time for the cemetery, and there's always something that they're working on, and they use volunteers and folks who, you know, are doing community service projects to really beautify that. So really appreciate getting to know Sarah Henderson through all of that. I actually took a small group of listeners um, that donated to the W. USB Radio Carathon back in July. That was the incentive that I offered for a donation. We'd spend the day at Oakland Cemetery, learned so much. And then, of course, had to have lunch, Brent, across the street at Six Feet Under. Oh, yes. They have uh, all kinds of fried, delicious food that oh. uh, is really, really good. So good. I w- fish tacos are to die for. I was going to do that, <laughs> and I whipped out, and I did a salmon salad instead, but I don't regret it because the salmon was pretty fantastic. Very good. Yeah. You can't go wrong there. So, And, and coming up later in the month, too, folks, I'm excited. You know, I've made such good friends through Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden Show and all of these people who are so generous with their time. Next Saturday, Becky Griffin from University of Georgia. She's going to join us. We're going to talk about planning for 2022. It's 
it's not too early to be thinking about your gardens for next year, discovering new varieties of plants, maybe things you haven't thought about. And Joe Lample, also known as Joe Gardner, will be with me for an hour next Saturday talking about what he's up to, grow bags, maybe some unique and different ways to start thinking about planting your garden. And we're taking your calls, 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. It's Green and Growing on WSB. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.